Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is the newest podcast covering high school basketball. Head coach Josh Thompson interviews some of the most impactful people who make Hoosier hysteria great. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Subscribe to Chucking It From The Cheap Seats wherever you listen to your podcasts. Our next guest on Chugging It From The Cheap Seats podcast made headlines this season not only as a state championship coach, but also for his methods in which garnered both state and national media attention. While his team defeated Bloomfield, Lagodi, and Southwood to win the 1A state championship, his life story is even better. He has coached multiple sports and multiple standout and professional athletes in Indianapolis and just finished his fourth season as the head coach of Indianapolis. Welcome to the podcast this week, Coach Remus Woods of the Indianapolis Saints. Chucking It From The Cheap Seats is brought to you by Shootaway, offering products like 12K series guns, proven time and again by the nation's top schools and college coaches programs. For special pricing and discounts, contact Bruce Help at 317-767-5543 or go to shootaway.com. All right, well, today on the Chucking It From The Cheap Seats podcast, uh, brought to you by the Bari Media Class we are absolutely blessed to have the head coach of the Indianapolis Lutheran Saints and state championship coach, Remus Woods, on with us today. Coach, thanks for carving out time for us this afternoon to be on with us. Uh, thank you, guys, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to talk with you guys today. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we're, we're going to get right to this. You know, we're not going to go. We're not going to go into background. We're not going to go into your journey, <laughs> your family. We're going to touch on that stuff later. But number one, congratulations on a state championship this past year. What what was that like for you personally? Oh uh, uh, man, it was amazing. Um, it was it was something that we've been planning on for the last four years, um, and to finally get it done was really good. And um, the kids had a great time, and um, it wasn't a perfect season, and I think that made it even better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you talk about it not being a perfect season. I'll tell you what. I watched your state championship game. 97 to 66 and I know you talked about after the game that you know you had a lot of turnovers but man scoring 97 points in the state championship game that was that was pretty <laughs> darn good I know it wasn't perfect but it was pretty darn good yeah well it finished kind of perfect I, I, I'll take that back it finished kind of perfect but um <laughs> um we just knew if we played really fast um that they were trying to speed us up and it was a style of game we're used to playing so uh mm -hmm. I never would have been able to tell you, hey, I'm scoring 97 tomorrow, but uh, it kind of worked out that way, um, especially only having a 10-point first quarter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, like you said, you had a little bit of a slow start, but, man, uh, you finished extremely strong. And I loved your post-game interview. I went back and watched that again today. I texted you after and congratulated you um, and, and put one of your quotes in that text, but I went back and watched it again today. I loved how you told that sideline reporter when he asked you what Indianapolis Lutheran basketball was all about. You said, it's all gas and no breaks. <laughs> is, that <laughs> is that something that you just came up with that day coach? Or is that kind of a uh, mantra? It really, you guys really go was. It, it, I came off my head. My wife asked me, she said, did you have a bunch of one-liners? You were just ready to get these guys, you know, when it happened. And, um, it was just all in the moment, but it's just it's just how we play, you know. Um, we try not to slow down if we if they're not letting us, mm -hmm. um, and we're trying to move the tempo. And um, I just told them you got to take it. Like it's no way to wait on it. You only get these opportunities a few times in your life, and um, 
if y'all really want it, you got to go get it today. And that's kind of where the all gas came from and don't stop, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There you go. Coach, you know, you, you talked about how you don't get these opportunities every single day. And you, you touched on our already um, here in the, in the beginning of our conversation about how this has been a four year building project for you. You go back to 2020 and you lose by two points to Providence Cristo Ray there in the sectional, 57-59. Man, next, I, yeah, go, I go ahead what, and touch on not, that. One. Not to interrupt you, that was probably one of my most hated losses of uh -huh. my career. Uh -huh. um, and just because when I went back on tape and watched the tape, mm -hmm. the guy stole the ball from one of my players to tie the game up to go to overtime. Yeah. He was out of bounds. Oh, man. Oh man, you talking about a mad dude? <laughs> yeah, that, that and I. But it it taught us some things, though. It really did. Yeah, and, and you know, it's one of those, and I'm sure I know what type of a mold you're cut from, and that was a gut punch to see that play. But I'm sure you were talking to your guys about, hey, and and maybe not necessarily right after the game, but you were talking to your guys in the off season about, hey, there was more than one play that got us beat. Oh, always you know, more than one play. Absolutely, always. Absolutely. But, you know, there in year one, you, you lose by two. The next year you come back and you lost to a team that I'm very familiar with, Indianapolis Tinley, there in the in the yeah. sectional championship <laughs> game by eight. And then the next year you, you get, you know, you get that sectional championship and then you lost to Jackson Dell in the regional championship there at Martinsville. Mm -hmm. And so – what are just some of the things that your kids, and you've already talked about this a little bit, but what are just some of the things that you and your kids learned in the process over the last three years that enabled you to get to where you wanted to be this year? Well, it helped me focus on the minor details of everything. And um, every year, if something beats me or gives me a hard time, the off season, I'm on it. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. the, you know, the next season, it's not going to work the same. Um, and, and you know, even with the Jackson Dale, Clint made a very great game plan for us. Um, we tried to feed them up, but they were ready to run. And, um, you know, so that kind of helped them out in that game. But he played a really good 3-2. Mm -hmm. And um, it gave us some problems. Like, mm -hmm. they, they really – we weren't able to work through the zone well enough to get some easy buckets. We took a lot of threes. Mm -hmm. So, the next season, you know, mm -hmm. all we were focused on was we're going to kill every 3-2 that's going to stand in our face. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody gets in a 3-2, they're going to come out of it real fast. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like taking that approach kind of helped us get ready for everything mm -hmm. because um, the style that we like to play, a lot of teams don't let us because they'll mm -hmm. sit in the zone and try to slow us down. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to master both styles to be able to win it, you know. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to be a little bit more rounded mm -hmm. each time that we came back. Yeah, could not agree more. Could not agree more. That That's one of the things that I guess drives me the most in the, in the offseason as well is, hey, what did we do poorly this last year? Because, yeah. because if we don't correct those things, teams are going to come right back and they're going to do that exact same thing to us next year, and we don't want those things to happen to us. Yeah, mimic it exactly. We went to Edinburgh, and our first game in Edinburgh was Jacksonville, and we've seen the 3-2 come straight out this year. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, Coach, another thing that I, that I noticed reading some articles uh, over the last couple of days to get ready for this talk and obviously knowing about you and the, the tournament run that you had, I guess I didn't realize at the time until I went back to look at it, but you guys lost, or excuse me, not lost. You beat three teams that were ranked higher than you 
throughout the course of the tournament. Greenwood Christian yeah. in the sectional, Bloomfield, who was number one in the regional, um, and then Lagodi in, in, to win the semi-state, uh, the, the morning game of the semi-state. So you did that, and, and it wasn't like you were the favorite all the way through. You weren't even favored to win your sectional this year. I don't think we were favored in India. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, right before sectional, we beat Bethesda also. Yes, yes. Yeah, so we had a really good run. But I don't know, with the rankings, I always tell people we disagree, you mm-hmm. know. Um, mm-hmm. They come and tell me the rankings and da 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 Yeah. And I told them all season, we disagree. Like, we, yeah. we thought we were number one all season. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to prove it, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, I feel like it's hard for people to rank people they haven't seen. It's really hard. And I feel like a lot of the rankings came from not seeing them. And I know it goes off the computer generation mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. things like that. We love yeah. John Harrell. Uh, but um, I used to tell him, you know, that was my whole theme for the off season. Once we got the sectionals, I disagree with what everybody's predicting, mm-hmm. and you should too. And that's what I told my kids. No, that's great. That's great advice for anybody out there coaching and working with a group of kids. I, I've never been a big believer in the rankings. You know, you got to prove yeah. it, you got to prove it on the court. And I'll tell you one of the reasons, and and I love what you did this year with your schedule. But one of the reasons why you probably weren't ranked in front of some of those teams is because you lost seven games in the regular season. Yeah. And, and you lost seven <laughs> games in the regular season. I'm sitting right here on the John Harrell website, and I'm looking at your schedule, man. And, and you guys you guys beefed that baby up this year. And do you Yeah, th- we did. Go ahead. We did. And it helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. The LN game was one of the best games we had been in, um, taught us a lot. The Ritter game, we were up by 13 points in the third quarter and lost the game in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so every loss that we got, with an exception of just a bad night versus um, – um, who was that? Somebody beat us kind of bad. Uh, one of the teams. Burbuff. So, yeah, I didn't forget already. Rebuff did us pretty good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with an exception of that, we were in every game, but we were just figuring out how – how to be a unit, and it had zero to do with basketball. Like, mm-hmm. it all had to do with being positive, being able to work with each other, and being able to be young men and adults working mm-hmm. together versus a t- common goal. When we went on our uh, four-game losing streak, you know, I told my staff, I said, um, I'm the only guy that holds loose losses. Mm-hmm. Like, that'll stay with me. But I'm fine with that. Yeah. I said, because this is the first time in my career I've ever lost four games in a row. Mm-hmm. I said, but guess what? I've never won a championship either. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes you just got to be do something different. Mm-hmm. This losing four in a row was different for me, and I actually got a different outcome. So it, it helped me out. Oh, yeah. No, Coach, like y- you and I, we really understand that as head coaches that you can go through a losing streak of losing four or five games and, and – Man, it stinks. It really stinks. And it <laughs> oh, stinks. it did. It did. Everybody was transferring on me. <laughs> it was mad. It was <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody was getting in the portal, huh? <laughs> yeah, everybody was in the portal on me, man, you know, mad. And I was just like, guys, we got to work through this. Guys showing us some weaknesses yes. that we need to take care of to get over the hump. Absolutely. And and staying together, I think, is the, the thing that impresses me the most about teams that are successful. Two seasons ago – we had a we had a time period where we lost to Blackhawk in the Bobcat mm-hmm. tournament here at North Davies. Turned around, lost a twelve point lead to Lagodi, who's one of our big rivals, in the yep. consolation game. So that that one hurt. And then we went down and we actually lost two games in Evansville to Modern Day and Castle, 
both re- four really good basketball teams. Mm-hmm. But, but in every game except for the Blackhawk, we had a lead and really had a shot to win. And I remember yeah. Cam Madison, who plays football at Hanover College now, he was one of our one of our senior captains that year. And his dad, uh, Toby, who was, an Indi- who was an Indiana All-Star, was an assistant for us that last year. And I just remember Cam, after I talked to the team, he stood up and he addressed the guys. And, you know, that was a turning point in our season. Because then after that, then we ran off. I think we ended up winning like nine out of our last ten games. And that really yeah. got us going into the tournament. Did you have some guys – I know you, you had some guys that made big plays for you this year. But did you have guys that stepped up in the midst of that adversity there? Uh, and well, really, it was really pretty took cool leadership? because um, after we lost to Perry in you know, overtime, another winning down the stretch, we just kind of gave it away, you mm-hmm. know, had a hard time finishing. Yeah. Um, they start having player meetings, okay. player-only meetings. Yeah. And um, I honestly didn't want to go anyway because I wanted them to learn how to work things out as young men. Mm-hmm. Like that's something really big on my agenda is teaching kids how to advocate for themselves mm-hmm. and how to maneuver in a mature manner that's going to help them later in life. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all the seniors and my and my sophomore guards, they kind of led it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I could see it, though. So even though I wasn't in the meeting, I could see it. I mean, even in the championship game, one of my kids got in and he kind of shrugged his shoulders when one of the guys was talking to him. Mm-hmm. And uh, LJ Ward comes to the bench. We're not going to have that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm looking at him like, what did he do? He's like, he's shrugging us off, you know, when we're trying to tell him something's going on. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, we're not going to have that. That yeah. got us four games losing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming from sophomores and, and guys like that, that's amazing to me mm-hmm. just to have that maturity to understand that is a loser's mentality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you didn't mean it that way, that's the way it's coming off. And I thought that was some real good maturity from the team after those type of moments. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. which coach it was that I, I've heard say this before, but and maybe it was Coach Izzo that talks about how player-led teams are going to be way more successful than coach-led teams. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, and another thing, Coach, that, that I'm glad you point this out because we have a lot of assistants and a lot of young coaches that listen to this podcast, and they'll message me about, you know, hey, what's some advice on this and advice on that? And one of the things I tell them is I, I don't care if you're coaching fifth and sixth grade basketball, you're coaching varsity basketball, or even these guys that coach in the league or the NCAA, NAI. There is adversity in the midst of every season. And, and you, yep. you look back at your season there in January – and, man, January, it's a grind, isn't it, Coach? January is just a flat-out <laughs> grind. And you lose four games, and your guys stick together, and they have these player-only meetings, and they get stuff worked out, and you win a state championship. So it's easy for people on the outside to say, you know what, Coach Woods, he had it easy this year. Man, his guys, they, know, they, right? won, they won 20 <laughs> games. They won a state championship. But they weren't there in January. They weren't there in no, early February wasn't. You know, yeah. when, when, it got, when it got tough. So – Hats off to your kids for that. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Well, Coach, I want to go. I want to go back in time now a little bit for you, and and talk about how you get to where you're at coaching at Indianapolis Lutheran. What was your journey like? Uh, it's an interesting journey. I'm probably out of all coaches in the state. I got probably one of the weirdest journeys. Um, number one, I didn't play high school basketball. Mm-hmm. I was a football player mm-hmm. and baseball player. Yep. Um, and went to IU, 
have fun, mm-hmm. um, non-traditional, just regular student. Yeah. Um, when I got out of IU, I was a teacher at Manuel High School. Mm-hmm. Um, by that time, I knew I wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the basketball coach. He kind of told me, yeah, I got you, but he was kind of busy because he coached cross-country too. Yeah. And um, I ended up getting with, a fo- with the football coach, and I ended up coaching football for four years at Manuel. Okay. Um, first year at Manuel coaching football – I took JV undefeated for the first time in the history of manual football. Mm-hmm. JV went undefeated. And um, so after the fourth year, I went on to work for Gatorade. So I went to work for Gatorade, you know, trying to support the family, had my first kid. Mm-hmm. Um, after I figured I needed a little more time with my kids, I chose to go work for Indy Parks mm-hmm. and Rec. Mm-hmm. And um, at Indy Parks and Rec, I started coaching Rec League basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we had some dynamic kids, Nike Sabande, Devon Jones, um, Sincere McGrone. Like I, I had all these guys in the sixth and seventh grade. Coach, I got, um, I, I, I got to stop you. Now you talk about some of those guys that you coach in the parks and the record. <laughs> I got to tell this yeah. story to you and, uh, you're going to laugh. And I'm sure anybody that listens to this podcast is going to laugh. My first year at, um, Vincennes. We had a holiday tournament sponsored by McDonald's. And I mm-hmm. get the job, and I'm in there, and I'm talking to Coach Hine, who was the athletic director at the time. And I, I said, who all do we have in our McDonald's tournament? He said, well, we have five teams coming back from last year, and this was an eight-team tournament. Uh-huh. And he said, um, we're going to get uh, Indianapolis Howe's coming down. That's when Mosey was coaching at, at Howe. Yep. And uh, he said, we got Christmas Addicts. And he said, I don't know anything about either one of those teams, and I don't know how good either one of them is going to be. And I'm sitting there, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I-, I don't know either, Coach, but I know those guys are going to have some players. And so yeah. and so, uh, Christmas Addicts ended up being on our side of the bracket. And I'm, I'm watching game film on them early in the season, and I didn't know anything about Nike. But, oh, my gosh, that guy was an absolute animal in high Man, school, he- wasn't he? He was a worker, though, so at Indy Parks, he would come in. Mm-hmm. I, um, I did a partnership with a church on a Sunday. Yeah, He would come in every Sunday, put the chairs up for the church just to get gym time to shoot around. Wow. He would walk there every Sunday and ask for a ride to go back. He didn't want no money, no nothing, just wanted to get shots up. Mm-hmm. And he just worked hard. He, yeah. he really did. He worked really hard, and I was really proud of him. Mm-hmm. No, but I, so I, so I went through that uh, rec ball. We noticed we had some really good players, so we started AAU teams. So I got involved in the AAU circuit. A mm-hmm. um, few years after that, I had the class of 2021. One of the kids went to Lutheran, and uh, when he became a sophomore, it was a JV job that came open, and his dad came to me and asked me, basically, did I want to coach high school? I really had no intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so I go to go coach <clears> – <throat> I get it, and I go to coach for Luther and JV. Uh, we had a winning season. JV, I think we averaged 32 points a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so my guys played the craziest defense ever that year for me, and um, the head coach, Dick Alter, chose. He, he said that he wanted to retire, and um, the parents went to the head, I mean, our AD, and just was like, this is our guy, don't let him leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, at that time, Tinley was open and Lutheran was open. And, um, I worked like right across the street from Tinley. Mm -hmm. Uh, My park is like right across the street from Tinley. So both of them were, um, good landing spots for me. 
and uh, Lutheran replied a little bit faster, and uh, that's how it kind of worked. Well, and God had a plan. God had a plan. He had for a plan. I, yeah. I didn't really plan it out. Absolutely. So you're still working for Parks and Rec up there in Indianapolis. Is that what you're doing? Yes. Yes. Yep. I'm a park manager at Washington Park. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, Coach, you about something here that I knew a little bit about you, but I I hadn't thought about asking you. But I want to go this this direction. You coached in the AAU scene in the AAU circuit. I know mm-hmm. when I talk to AAU guys, one of the things that they tell me that the AAU game teaches them is how to make adjustments because you don't yeah. have the you know the five six days of practice throughout the week with the AAU guys. Is that something that you feel that the AAU game taught you, coaching guys um, at the junior high it, and high school it level? Me, it taught me how to make quick adjustments. I think I'm pretty good adjusting, especially halftime adjustments. I do pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it really helped me on was uh, managing multiple personalities and managing parents. Yeah. Um, like you deal with such different diverse parents. Um, when you get to high school, it's a, I feel like it's a lot better because um, they don't just leave every weekend on you if they're mad. You know, you kind of got to – you have to foster a relationship yeah. amongst each other, mm-hmm. and it makes it better. Yeah. I think the biggest adjustment from AU to high school for me was film. Mm-hmm. So all of my one-trick pony things that I love to do, I needed more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It worked maybe one or two games, and then all of a sudden it never worked again. And, yeah. and you know, I was like, "Dang, I need more, man! Mm-hmm. What's going on?" Mm-hmm. So you know, the film side of it, I feel like made me a better coach because I, I honestly, feel, and I tell people this all the time, I feel like high school coaches are better. Sorry, mm-hmm. and the reason why I feel like that is because they have to be more prepared due to film. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody can go meet a team tomorrow and play them, and they never seen them play and beat them. Mm-hmm. But when you watch film for five or six days, mm-hmm. and you know when they're gonna go left, right, and whatever else, yeah, man, you can make it really hard on the team. Absolutely, yes. No, I, I agree. But I also think that there's a lot of valuable lessons in in coaching AAU basketball, and like you said, you know, learning how to deal with the parent side of things. Because, like you said, in AAU, if they get upset, they can go find another team here. You know, Quit. within the next, they'll leave you in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> They'll literally get in the portal. And, and yeah, somebody. yeah. I mean, I've had teams beat us and take one of my kids. You know, yeah, I win. Yeah, no. And you know, my son's in the third grade, and we're playing a AAU tournament up there in Indy this weekend, and we're going to be playing a team uh, that we played in two other tournaments, and we beat them. And I told my son the other day, I said, "This this team's in our tournament." They're not in our pool, but they're in our tournament. And he goes, well, we can we can beat them. We've already proved. I said, you don't know who they're going to have. You played them you three times. You don't know who's showing up. Yeah, yeah, you played them three <laughs> times already, and they've had three different sets of guys. So you don't know who's going to yeah. be playing this weekend. No, I agree with you, though, on the preparation standpoint. It is it is very different. Well, Coach, yeah. I, I definitely want to talk about And this next topic is uh, comes from something that I read from Kyle Nidrip. Uh, who writes for the star and, <laughs> okay. and it was about your your coaching style and I noticed this about you when watching you know stuff on film but you know I, I love the article um, but you you tend to sit a lot more than you stand and yeah I do. just just tell our listeners without me you know reprodu- reproducing Kyle's article for them how that okay. how that came to be and why you why you do a lot of sitting during the game 
Well, long a long story short, when I first started in the rec league, I, I was very amped and very animated and, uh, you know, young coach and mm-hmm. vibrant. Um, but after a while, I had good teams, and one of the refs came to me, and, you know, I'm on him and telling him, he said, Coach, man, I'm a ref, and you can't ref me or coach me. Mm-hmm. And he said, you'll do a lot better if you just coach your kids and don't worry about us. Like, there's nothing you can do about us. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of resonated me down the line in my coaching career because I was like, man, he's right. There's nothing I can do about a bad ref if I feel like he's bad. Now I can only pray for you to be consistently bad. That's all I care about. <laughs> is he bad both ways? You yeah, know, yeah. if he's bad both ways, I don't even care. That's fine. He's bad. Yeah. Um, but um, one thing that I noticed was the kids will replicate what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a prime example was we were dead in the water against Lagoda. Mm-hmm. But my kids replicated what I am. They stayed calm. They weren't frantic. I mean, we were down four points with 30 seconds left. Mm-hmm. And they just kept playing, kept fighting, kept believing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if I was a coach that, that really showed my emotions more, they wouldn't have been able to get through that the same way because their emotions would be on the line also. Um, and I, I always tell them in sports, you have to somewhat get over your emotions really fast because yeah. the next play is coming. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just really adopted it and, and it just started to work. And I tell people I'm very uh, unorthodox coach, like even in practices and different things, I do a lot of things that probably most coaches won't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did yoga this year. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just little things and small details, I feel like help kids through it all. But kids start to appreciate it, too, even when they don't tell you they appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Because one thing I do is I allow my kids to make mistakes. Like, I won't go crazy over a mistake. I don't want the same mistake over and over and over. But I do allow them to play in a manner that they will make a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like if you be really aggressive and you play really fast, your kids are going to make more mistakes than yeah. a guy playing slow. Absolutely. And if you um, play, and if you have a game with more possessions, you're only going to have more mistakes. Hey, so that's the other thing. So I started tracking possessions this year, mm-hmm. and I knew we were averaging around 1.4, 1.3 per possession. So we were like, okay, if we start getting more possessions per quarter, we'll start doing better. So we start kind of tracking that. Yeah. And um, I think we set a record in the championship game. We had 73 shot attempts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like 73 shot attempts. But it, it worked. And um, I think it gave my kids a confidence that really helped them throughout the season because, you know, um, the emotional side can really hurt you in, in boys' basketball to me. Mm-hmm. Like, our emotions at a young age are all over the place. Oh, yeah. No, I, Coach, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think, you know, your sideline demeanor um, definitely paid dividends in that Lagoti game because if your kids would have been tense, you know, when you got down there in the third quarter, they could have easily yeah. folded. And like you said, yeah. even even with 30 seconds to go in that game, you were still down by four. Another game that your kids – tremendously did a great job with holding their composure was the Bloomfield game because man that was a hard one to get out of too yeah because <laughs> and I, I love and I'm I'm actually from Bloomfield I don't know if you know this or not but okay. that's that's where I grew up and oh, okay. and uh I just remember watching that game and you know you had Bloomfield beat you had them done 
you about ready to mm-hmm. put the nails in the coffin, and then they come storming back. And your yeah. kids did a great job down the stretch of holding their composure in that game too. Uh, yeah, not having LJ just about the whole game, and Caden Losher really stepped up for us. Oh yeah, you had guys in foul trouble right and left, but when those yeah, guys Kate, were LJ in, had three fouls in the first quarter. Yeah, when the, and when those guys came back into the game, you know, it wasn't like they allowed that to affect them. And again, I think that goes back to your sideline demeanor and the way that you coach the game. So yep. no, that was a that was a really interesting article, and and it definitely showed in your in your tournament run how your kids feed off of that. Yeah, it was funny watching the. Um, I always I got to think watch the if it's ever commentated. I always watch that. I love listening to people and what their perspectives are. Yeah. And um, it was funny they were kept looking to see if I would stand up. Is he going to stand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when's he going to get think up? The, the main thing that gives me to stand though is defense. Though I'm really a defensive minded coach. LJ got the block. I think that was my biggest stand of the championship game. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. That was a great play. Great play for sure. Coach, something else that that I looked at um, in reading a little bit about your team this last year. You talked about the toughness that your kids brought to the game. You had seven guys that played football. And I know you you encourage uh, your guys to be multi-sport athletes. How important is that to to you guys and what you do there at Louisville? Um, It's it's really great because they get to get bonded Mm -hmm. throughout the year. You know, it's just not one sport that keeps them together. It's two or three. Um, and then at Lutheran, we only have 200 kids. So, you know, we have to share. Mm-hmm. And um, I think having a good relationship with the football coach and the basketball coach is definitely something that's made us both successful mm-hmm. because not having so many athletes, if you can share, it can definitely do some great things. This senior class, since I've been at Lutheran, so this is my fourth year of varsity Lutheran, fifth year total. Mm-hmm. But this senior class right here has a bowling championship, two football championships, an academic championship, soccer runner-up, and a basketball championship. Oh, wow. So this class right here has set a precedence that's just unruly for all the classes behind them. But um, sharing and, and just really understanding how to win. I mean, football hasn't lost in two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that being said, it just teaches them how to win. And um, it put a lot of pressure on us, though, I will say that. I mean, because I don't usually get my kids until um, was Thanksgiving weekend and then a week later maybe, close around that time, December area. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they come in on the, on the best high ever, a state title. Yeah. And I have to get their brain focused on basketball. <laughs> well, you know, and, and to that point, you didn't play your first game this last year until December the 9th. Yeah. And, and you know, when you guys play Cascade. So, yeah, you, yeah. you guys open up really late. But, you know, I guess that's a good problem to have, though. It, yeah, it really I is. mean, yeah, if they can win, you know, we'll figure out the rest, you know. Mm-hmm. Regular season is practice to me. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. Well, and I think the best coaches understand that, that the regular season is, you know, an audition yeah. or a tune-up for the tournament because that's that's. I'll take really a late 8-0 any day. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. A late 8-0, I like that. Yeah. Well, Coach, my next question, and my wife's probably going to be mad uh, that I didn't ask <laughs> this earlier. But okay. tell, tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, cool. Um, so my wife is Sharonda Woods. She's a teacher. Mm-hmm. She actually she's over um, at Tech High School. Okay. She's an administrator. Okay. Um, she's been teaching for almost twenty years. Um, math teacher um, by design. 
Mm -hmm. So we've been married just about 15 years now. Okay. We have three daughters. I have one that's 16. That's a sophomore at Lutheran. One that's 12. She's a seventh grader in North Central Township. And then I got a three-year-old. So that's Nyla, Zara's the youngest, and Summer's the middle. Okay. Well, Coach, I I'm going to tell you something right now. I, I had all kinds of respect for you before you told me that. I've got profound respect for you now. Living, <laughs> yeah, living. I'm outnumbered, man. Oh, man. I'm outnumbered. <laughs> you, you, you can't even go zone. <laughs> you can't even go zone. I am outnumbered, man. But, uh, but um, you know, they do a really good job supporting us. My wife holds it down during the season. Uh -huh. You know, now it's my turn, of course. And, um, you know, um, yeah. it's very appreciative to the things that she does. Because, you know, and I know uh, the season is long. And I, I don't – I have to tell my younger coaches all the time. They're like, Coach, you ready to get back in the gym? We can do open gyms now. Mm -hmm. like, hey, man, I'm seeing y'all in June. Yeah, like, you know, right. family really means a lot. And um, you got to make sure to get some type of balance, even if it's minimum balance, but try to balance it out a little bit if you can. Absolutely. No, uh, and, and that was another question I was going to ask you, and we'll go to that here in a little bit about, you know, spring workouts and summer and what you've yeah. been playing. But, but I, I just want to focus on the family real quick. I raised one daughter, and uh, that that was tough. I can't even imagine three. I can't even <laughs> yeah, imagine I got three, three, man. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, you talked about this, and every single coach that I, that I talk to talks about how important their wife is to their success. And I think that's yeah. one of the one of the big reasons why you see a lot of guys that get in into it for a couple years and then they get out because yeah, they have to. They, um, they and, just and, you know, and and it's not. And, I, and, and I'm not dogging anybody's wife or, or their spouse or anything. It's just, it's hard. It is so hard. It, it and, and really only, you know, coaches' wives or coaches' husbands can attest to that of how difficult that is during the season. Because you hit the nail on the head. You you said, you know, basketball is a long season. And when you make a run all the way to the end of, the mar to the end of March, you know, you're talking about four, four and a half months. And, and probably more than that because we start working out in September. Yes, absolutely. And then, and then you know, Coach, then you, let's go to that, that next piece with the spring and the summer. You know, you, you talk about, hey, I'll see you in June. So, in in the spring, do you kind of let your assistants handle open gym for the guys that are not uh, spring sport athletes? Or do you just say – We don't hey, even do it. You don't even do it, yeah. And, I don't even do it. Yeah. I, I, You know, and um, it, it's probably due to success factor the last couple years uh -huh. because it has went kind of late. But almost all of my guys run AAU, yeah. and I try to get them some rest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I tried to get most of my guys to wait three weeks before starting AAU to rest their bodies, but none of them listened, of course. <laughs> um, well, they're smarter but, than we are anyway, Coach. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I just tell them, you know, gyms around the city that's open to mm -hmm. where they can get in, yeah. and um, just tell them, hey, we'll, we'll finish this up in June. You know, mm -hmm. we'll get back going, because I just really believe in rest for these guys. Um, I, I learned a valuable lesson when my AU team was playing probably my final season coaching. We got to December, and one of my guys that were he does the books. Mm -hmm. He's like, Coach Woods, you know this is game a hundred. Oh my! I was like, What? Are you kidding me? Yeah. He said, Yeah, this is game a hundred, Coach. This is a hundred game that oh, season. I mean, oh these are sixth and seventh graders. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, we can't do that. Mm -hmm. That's too many games on their knees, you know, and yeah. um, we're overworking them, you know, even though we're loving doing what we're doing. So we tried to get rid of some of them games the following years for those younger guys. But I feel like the same thing for high school guys. They just need some time to recuperate. Mm -hmm. 
because, man, you get beat up. And um, I, I don't know if you were going to ask this, but I'll go into this a little bit. When we had two games for regionals, it was a little bit better because you can get a, a team that comes out of sectionals maybe that wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, you might get an easy game. Yeah. But when you take – you have to play two games in semi-state, those are two good teams that make. Yeah. It's a real rarity that two teams that ain't supposed to be there or one team that ain't supposed to be there are going to be in semi state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, um, it just made gonna, that day was hard. Yeah, I wasn't going to ask you that, Coach, because I'm still <laughs> mad about that change. I, 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 I disagree <laughs> well, you with know, that change. I'm indifferent about it, but mm-hmm. it's tough. That's oh, a tough change. Absolutely. No, it That is, is a really tough change, you know. So And I think it's one of the reasons why some teams make it through because you get beat up so bad in the morning. Mm-hmm. The night game is all about can you survive? Yes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> That's it is. just really it. I mean, yeah. after Lagodi, we played, you know, we didn't play well that night to yeah. me against yeah. Rock City. Yeah. We yeah. were beat up. I think half of us had a cold and just every element you can think mm-hmm. of and you had was just something beat, we had to go through. And you had just beat a really good basketball team that you had to fight tooth and nail to come yeah. back from what were you down there in the second half? Fourteen in the second half, I think. Yeah, one point. fourteen total. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and then down four with thirty seconds to go on the clock, and then you got yeah. to turn around and come back and win, win another one in the night game. And it not, used to be that emotionally high, mm-hmm. and then have to prepare again for a team you've never seen. Yeah, and you know the old so, yeah. re- the old regional format. You know, you had to do that type of thing, but like you said you didn't have regional champions doing that, yeah, you know, that's so different. <laughs> it, it's very different. Yeah. I'm not a, it, I'm it not is. A and, um, and hats off to rock Creek because I think another thing that played in our advantage, they were just a little more hurt than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they had a really good team, a lot of big guys. And, um, I think the war with them and Jacksonville earlier, they were a little bit more hurt than we were, you know, in that evening, mm-hmm. because that's just a, that's a bloodbath. It is. It is. It is. For over 32 years, D1 Basketball has offered elite basketball camps and top-tier player development programs. Team camps, individual skills camps, and shooting camps can improve performance for you. Few Indiana basketball camps impact performance like D1 Basketball. Since 1989, annual enrollment in D1 Basketball has grown from 80 to 3,500 players making it one of the largest individual basketball organizations in the Midwest. The mission of D1 Basketball is to help coaches and players maximize their performance. D1 Basketball Facts. D1 Basketball camps are exclusively endorsed by the Indiana Basketball Coaches Association. D1 team camps have hosted more high school sectional championship teams, final four teams, and Indiana All-Stars than any other camp shootout or summer tournament. D1 team camps provide the best chance for a school coach to work with all their teams in its top-tier competition from the You talked about the summer. What, what's your okay. what's your philosophy, you know, going into the summer season? Because I, we, I'm talking to a couple different guys texting back and forth uh, this week that are that are taking a head coaching job for the first time, and they're trying to mm-hmm. navigate through the summer. And uh, what's your approach to the summer? Um, I feel like June is really important. Um, June is, is one of the months where, number one, my incoming freshmen, I just started doing this the past year. I let them play one freshman tournament. That's the Martinsville tournament. That's mm-hmm. one of the best tournaments, I mm-hmm. I think, for a freshman group that you can get in because mm-hmm. it definitely has some really good uh, 4A teams in there, and you get to see a lot of different type of talent. Yeah. 
So I, I put the freshman in one freshman tournament, but all the rest of the tournaments, they play JV. Okay. I just want to see what they can do when they're outnumbered. Mm -hmm. uh, now, my actual kids that may be playing JV and my actual kids that are playing varsity, I put everybody else in varsity tournaments. Okay. And um, I just want to see, you know, um, are we evaluating these kids the right way and um, how they perform under pressure? Um, so both of my top groups, I guess to say, that are not freshmen, I'll put them both in league play mm -hmm. where they get around eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely going to do Charlie Hughes. We like mm -hmm. that tournament. Um, and then we try to find some shootout. Mm -hmm. um, and they end up playing around 20 games. Okay. That was that yeah. was the one thing I was going to ask you is total. You So you try to keep it around 20. We, we, yeah, we, 20 we or up, under. Yeah, we end up sometimes just because of camp. We go to D1 camp, and we play a lot of those short, um, you know, short clock games. So, we yeah. end up with about 25 to 28 if you count all those yeah, that's games. Nice, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, I, I think the you hear people talking about playing 60 and 70 games in the summer, and I'm like, my gosh. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I got to keep my summer going. You know, I'm trying to make it to July. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're trying to make it through. So, you know, that's another part of that work life balance. Like, I'm not trying to do this, go to sleep, do this again. I'm trying to enjoy it. And, you know, we actually got to share because I got football players. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting because that month is really close to his season. Yeah. And um, the last time when I came to the Bar Reeves tournament, it was so interesting. My point guard was his quarterback. Uh -huh. And it was the first championship they won. And he almost sprained his ankle. Oh. I'm like, dude, you can't sprain your ankle, man. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, do, um, so you can't you know, do that in Montgomery, Indiana and not be able to play football. Yeah. Yeah, like that was going to be terrible for me. But – um. So we just really try to share the guys. We show our schedule early to mm -hmm. each other and mm -hmm. just try to work around it. Yeah. I just really want to get them running, you know, a lot of community builder type of things together uh -huh. and uh, hopefully find a couple groups to give us some good games in June. And yeah. that's about it. No. You know, you get those incoming freshmen. You never really know what it, what they can do. Just, you know, so get to watch them. Absolutely. Coach, you know, you talked about um, you talked about your cooperation with uh, your football coach and you know it just sounds like everything you've talked about you guys work out work things out really well but uh, another question I get from a lot of coaches is like hey how do you handle working with administrators now I know your wife is an administrator at tech so she gives you <laughs> yeah, a lot of do. she gives you a I lot of advice a lot of experience with working with administrators <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but what what is kind of a key that you would give to young coaches about working for administrators? Um, number one, I'll just give kudos to my administrator, Tom Fincham. He's one of the best to me. Um, he basically gave me the job young um, and basically just told me it's your program. I don't want any violations. Keep your technical fouls down, but I want you to map the program how you want it and design it the way you want it. And he kind of lets me run it. Um, so I really have kudos for him. But I think the biggest thing is just talking to your admins and being honest with them um, on your vision, your plans, and just see if it matches. Um, because sometimes the visions don't match, and a lot of times it's due to communication. And if you can improve the communication between the two of you guys, um, I just feel like it'll be better all the way around. Um, I feel like all ADs want to win. Um, but it's all about how you win and, and basically how your core goals are and core, um, I call them marriages, 
of the team. Like some things are non-negotiable, and I feel like I tell my team that I'm married to them. Um, and, you know, just really telling them your non-negotiables and see if that aligns with your ADs. Because in all actuality, they're your bosses, and, you know, you really want to know what do they feel about your program. No, that's really good advice, Coach. The, the next thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, you talked about your assistant coaches, and you got some young young assistants on staff, and they're go-getters. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of the responsibilities that you put on those guys? Because you and I both know we can't do it all. So what yeah, are some of the so, things you have them do? <laughs> so here's another one. Um, I'm a former football coach, and I got nine coaches. So um, I have a football staff just about <laughs> – my coach always asked me, how do you get people to work for free? I said, they love the game of basketball. So. Yeah, <laughs> but um, they go over I, – I try my best to give everybody an assignment during mm-hmm. games. Like, so some guys track turnovers. Um, a couple of my guys, you know, one of my assistants, he's over inbounds. One of my assistants, assistants is over specials. So all presses, press breaks, stuff like that. I have them tracking rebounds. We um we try to track what we call kills. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get three stops, that's one kill. Mm-hmm. And um every game we're fighting to get six kills. Mm-hmm. And if we feel like if we get eighteen stops in a game, we got a great shot at winning. Oh, absolutely. Have, have um, so here's a question. We we do the same thing, and I've never had a team that gets six kills lose a game. Have you ever had a team that got six kills in a game and lost? I can't remember it. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's ama- it, it's amazing. Like I got tell the kids, I'm like, listen, I know I'm a defensive minded coach. We spend a lot of time in practice on defensive uh, rotations yeah. and and where we need to be, and we spend a lot of time on scouting reports throughout the week. But I'm like, guys, if you can get me six kills, you're not gonna get beat. It's over. You're not gonna you're get right. beat. <laughs> yeah, you're but right. go go ahead, coach. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> you're fine. Um, so we we monitor that, and then a really good coach. You know, I ran into in Houston, he told me something really great, and it stuck with me. He just was like, whatever you reward, your teams will reciprocate. Mm-hmm. So we started tracking things other than points so that our kids could hear them and understand the importance of them. So the rebounding, we always wanted to win the rebounding standpoint. So every quarter we're telling them, we're losing the rebound about three. We need more rebounding. Mm-hmm. Um, when we went on assists, we uh we told them how much more important it is to get an assisted bucket than a non-assisted bucket. Mm-hmm. So we start rewarding them for different attributes of the game to help us as a group and all. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff there, Coach. I like the I like the end of the quarter. Hey, we're 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 losing rebounding or yeah. Know, hey, we're giving up X amount of uh, you know paint touches. We got to take that away. Yeah, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, and it you. helps to have an assistance on the remembering, and I won't. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you're not. Gonna <laughs> I'm not re- thinking about rebounds at the end of the quarter. Not, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> you're not gonna. Rem- you're not gonna remember all that stuff. Coach, I'm you, not. And I think one thing in the championship that was so great is they give you those print offs. Oh yeah, yeah. That plus minus was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. No, that's because nice. you you literally get to see who's playing well. Yes. Yes. No, that's nice. Coach, you touched on the fact that when you coached AAU, you know, you had a lot of one-trick ponies, and you figured out pretty quick when you were, you know, the JV coach there at Lutheran and then became the varsity coach that you had to have a lot of that, you know, a lot more of that stuff because you were going to get scouted and and coaches were going to be looking for that stuff. Where where do you go to find new stuff? 
Um, is there man, a I can't give the the <laughs> I can't give you all the stuff, man. That that's like golden now. <laughs> is, is there is there no is there a college coach that you really follow? <laughs> a program that you really follow? Um, I'm a I'm a Duke guy, so uh-huh. Coach K is is a guy that I love and uh-huh. you know I cherish and um, but um, I take from anybody. Yeah, I, I took from you. Yeah, <laughs> I just tell you that I went to you for stuff yeah. that you didn't even know. You yeah. know, yeah. I had. I had sweet tickets uh-huh. during your championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had Mayor's sweet tickets, and um, I don't even know if you noticed in the Bloomfield game, we ran the inbound play from you. I didn't notice Where it. you put the big on the block. Yeah, yeah. You stack okay. at the top, and gotcha. you throw it straight to the big. Gotcha. You did it versus Timlin. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Well, it makes so it I, lot- just, I just look at winners. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier. And I try my it. best to absorb as much as I can from winners. Makes it a lot easier to run that inbound play, Coach, when you got Kurt Hope up there. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> the big fella, big fella makes you look pretty good. Um, yeah, they do, man. And I just really feel like, you know, if a team is winning, no matter what level they're on, mm-hmm. you should pay attention to it. Yeah. No, that's a great point. But, it is a great point. Because you can take something away from it, you know. And I always tell my kids, winners win. Mm-hmm. Feel like you're a winner win. No, and, and I, I tell people this a lot. Like, when I'm watching – not so much NBA because, you know, it's just like I had Coach Meredith on last week with on the podcast, and he talked about, you know, when he watches the NBA, he's really kind of a fan. But when I sit down there with my boys and I watch, you know, college games and stuff, if I see something that I really like, I, I love the fact that you can rewind live games now. Oh, man. And then go back. It's it's so great. But uh, If I see anything, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, and um, God kind of blessed me, and I kind of figured this out early in my coaching career, too. I just about have a photographic memory. That, that's, so, like, that's when I watch basketball, I can remember I go to huddle three years ago sometime mm-hmm. and be like, hey, uh, Martinsville ran this on us, da 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 boom, watch it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watch endless amount of film. You know, that's just one of my pastimes, just yeah. watching film. And um, if it works, I'm looking at it. You know, Coach, it's amazing now with huddle like what you can do with scouting. Yeah. And uh, I tell people all the time, like, you know, when I started as a head coach 16 years ago, and that's back, we were still sending uh, VHS. And then then we went to DVD, yeah. and we thought that was high tech. And it was like. Now, that was amazing. Oh, oh it's, it's. I think I watched every game of um, the championship team play mm-hmm. Southwood. Oh, it's. It, I watched it, every game. And, and you don't. The whole you, season. I just watched the whole season. Yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't have to wait for, you know, film to get to you. It was requested. And as long as that coach responds in a timely manner, you got it. Um, well, yeah. Co- coach, we're drawing close to the end of our time here. And, uh, okay. I want to ask you a couple questions here. Um, you, you take the wife out on the town. And I'm sure you probably don't get a lot of these opportunities, but you're taking your wife out up there in Indianapolis. Where are you going to eat at? Oh, man. Um, if, if I want to really impress, I'm taking her to Ruth Chris. Taking her to Ruth Chris. Okay. Yeah, is, if we want to just have a great day, we're just going to go to Ruth Chris. That's, that's one of our favorite places. Is there, a, is there a nice little local spot up there? Oh, yeah. We go to Yasso, Jamaican Grill. Okay, so Yasso's Jamaican Grill or Ruth Chris. All right. Yeah, are you guys coming for Charlie Hughes? No, we are not coming to Charlie Hughes this year. Okay. No, we're, we're not coming up, but 
but if we were, that we would need to go to that Jamaican grill, huh? Check that place out. <laughs> well, if you guys ever come up, man, we owe you guys some hospitality, so just let me know. No, I will I will definitely take you up on that. So yes, sir. C- coach around the house, so, you know, you're getting ready, getting ready for this big night out on the town, and your wife has you to do something around the house. What's your least favorite thing to do? Um, Probably take out the trash. Take it out the trash. <laughs> Like right before I'm about to leave, I'm like, "Hey, take out the trash." Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, honey, I don't have anything else to do. Let me take that trash out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take the trash out. I got it. Got it. Well, when Coach Woods is not coaching basketball, what's what's your hobby? What what's your favorite thing to do, Coach? My favorite thing to do. Oh man, that's interesting. What else do I like? Oh, I play Madden. I'm kind of. I'm just about a professional Madden player. Play Madden. I remember yeah. when Madden first came out. <laughs> uh, back on the Super Nintendo or in in sixty four, yeah. one of those. I remember I got it for Christmas, and I was the Cowboys, and I was loved Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman, and my favorite yeah. athlete of all time was primetime Deion Sanders. I can remember I won the Super Bowl with the Cowboys, and I was so excited. My dad said, "What's going on?" I said, "Well, I just won the Madden <laughs> Super Bowl championship." He goes, "What's that going to get you tomorrow, son?" <laughs> Yeah, um, I got a YouTube channel and all, man. I love. Oh, oh, you do. So, so we need. Yeah. So, listeners, if you're really into Madden, go check out Coach Woods' YouTube channel for Madden. That's yeah, that's really it's cool. The real Madman Thirty Four. The real Madman Thirty Four. All right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> my son and I, we're gonna check that out. We're he loves. Check it out. I got he, a lot of footage on there. He he loves YouTube stuff, so we gotta check that out tonight. And the last question I'm gonna ask you, Coach, is. You have a you have a young coach. Like I said, I've talked to a couple guys this week. This is going to be their first job. What advice would you give those guys going into year one? Um, everything you do is on the other side of hard work. Make it hard on them. That's that's great advice. Just, just make it hard on them. Like you can't win anything easy, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to push them a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But always remember to come back with some constructive criticism and positive stuff that's like that's, you can push kids with being positive you don't mm-hmm. have to be negative no that's th- th- those are some great nuggets coach i remember my first job at springs valley we were up at the iu shootout and coach sampson did a tremendous job of that and he did a tremendous job with his coaching clinics uh, i tell people all the time kelvin sampson coaches clinics were the best i ever went to but i remember we were, we were getting ready to play a team actually they had a recruit on their team from new jersey and we're getting ready to play them. And uh, Coach Dockage was standing over there next to one of the goals. And I just walked over, and I thought, I'm going to take this opportunity to pick his brain a little bit. And I said, Coach, what's your best piece of advice for me? Year one. Mm-hmm. And he said something that was almost identical to what you said. He said, <laughs> he said, don't be afraid to be hard on them early. He said, mm-hmm. you can always back off. But he goes, yep. you can't be, be their buddy, be their friend early. And then try to be hard on them at Christmas time. He said, "You got it. Never work. You got to be hard on them early. That's that's great it'll, advice. It'll never work. And out of my nine coaches, two of them are really buddy buddy with the kids, and I tell them that's fine. You yeah. can do that. Yeah, absolutely. And the other seven are the disciplinarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> but, and that's that's good because you got to have some coaches that are good cop, bad cop, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, you you got you can't be afraid to be hard on kids because I still say this: at the end of the day, kids want that. Kids really want they, it. They do. They want the structure. They 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 want it. And I tell them too, though. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. We love it. We have a good time, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. 
So you have to be able to maneuver through hard things. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Great, great advice because if you weren't able to maneuver for, through hard things, go back to the end of January, early February. Yeah, you, you're not you're not sitting there with state championship trophy on the wall there. At we're Lincoln. not, man, and um, we're legends now, man. That's mm-hmm. what I told him. Now you're legends. Yeah, fight to be legends. Yeah, because you. Cause so now I got to get my speech for this year, man. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> now you got to come. Everything back. I've been teaching them, then trying to get them to be legends. <laughs> now it's now it's Karate Kid Part Two. You got to figure out. How to, <laughs> I know how to how to run yeah. this back. Well, and coach, I might go watch that to see how he did it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So, yeah. It wasn't easy either. But, Coach, hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you guys, too. It's been a blessing. And uh, are you going to be at the clinic next week? Yeah, I will be at the clinic. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to seeing you up there. And uh, okay. thanks so much. And good luck to you and the Saints over uh, the summer. And uh, yeah. stay, stay healthy and best of luck next year unless we run into you. Sounds good. Bye, thanks, buddy. brother. Hey, thank you. Have a good Chucking it from the cheap seats is also brought to you by BSN Sports and Jeff Neal, their sales rep. Shop BSN Sports for a large selection of sports apparel and footwear, custom and stock Nike team uniforms, and sports equipment for your next winning season. Contact Jeff Neal at 812 204 3808 or visit bsnsports.com.